we are now joined by Dylan LeClaire and Genia. I am so sorry, man. I'm not even going to try to pronounce <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but thank you both, both for joining us today. Dylan, it's been a minute since we've all seen your pretty face. Markets are a little, a little tumultuous since you were last here. So maybe uh, say some calming words to everyone who's been panicking or freaking out. What are you seeing? What's keeping you so calm right now, Dylan? Calming words. Um, in terms of the global economy, I don't know if I have too many. Uh, it looks like we're in a kind of a meltdown. Um, and I, you know, while we're definitely uh, in somewhat, of, we're already in a bear market for Bitcoin. I don't know how you want to define that 20%, 50%, whatever it is. Um, I believe equities, both NASDAQ, S&P are in a bear market. But, you know, credit markets and commodities have been saying this to really anybody that's you know been kind of paying attention uh, for almost a quarter now, um, and really with this inflation accelerating across the, across the world, um, you know the credit markets are what's what runs everything here, and it, and a, a lot of people are figuring out that the paper the paper wealth they thought they had uh, isn't all there, uh, and you know Powell's comments about it basically wanting to kind of reverse the wealth effect uh, that seems to be what's happening. And so in terms of being calm with Bitcoin, it's a long game. Uh, 29,000 just two years ago would have, would have had everybody euphoric. So obviously uh, <laughs> it's good to zoom out a little bit. Uh, but I don't know if, if in terms of price action, in terms of uh, Bitcoin itself or equities, uh, if we're out of the woods, um, I certainly uh, have some cash on the sidelines, um, ready to buy some blood. And I, I don't think for the most part that blood has, uh, you know, we've seen the worst of it. Um, could be wrong, obviously, um, but really, it looks like we're <laughs> this whole thing is unwinding uh, at an accelerating pace. What percentage of that analysis is directly tied to the recent announcement that Costco is increasing the cost of its one dollar one fifty hot dogs? We're like a hundred percent. I believe or... that's I believe that's fake. Really? Shut up. Yeah, that's that's definitely not real. No, we just spent like 45 minutes like talking about how this is the end of America and how the CEO was going to have to make good on his promise and stab the other guy to death that he threatened to in the board meeting like last year, whenever it was, when he threatened to increase the price of hot dogs. Is this, this is breaking news. This is a fake story. It yes, seems that story. way. Yeah. My, my faith in humanity has been restored. Uh, apologies for the interruption. Please continue, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I mean, I guess we, we can dig into markets more. Um, I, I think just in terms of uh, to start the show um, and with, with Jenny up here, um, we've, done, we've done deep dive spaces for a while. Deep dive has rebranded uh, to Bitcoin Magazine. We did that about a month or, month or two ago. Um, and now I guess uh, officially we're going we're gonna to be announcing, we've already kind of put it out to our, to our research newsletter, but uh, we are partnering uh, with BitMEX as the official uh, exchange sponsor of, of Bitcoin Magazine Pro. Uh, and Jenny is going to talk a little bit about what they're uh, doing with with their uh, release of their new spot exchange. Um, so Jenny, do you want to rip off on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So definitely happy to uh, to give you guys some uh, some more details on that. And uh, thanks for having us today. Uh, really, really appreciate it. This is a uh, definitely a good time to have this discussion, given everything going on in the market. Uh, I guess number one, and then of course uh, we want to chat about the spot exchange. Uh, so we officially went live uh, just uh, just over twenty four hours ago. Um, we went live with seven different trading pairs. And, uh, you know, this is a, it's, it's a, it's a big step in the right direction for us as, as I'm sure, you know, 
all of you guys on the call and, and certainly some of the listeners know uh, we've been derivatives focused for essentially the entirety of our existence and uh and you know the markets evolved and you know people expect kind of a you know, more holistic uh product suite uh, in order to uh you know to satisfy all their trading needs and all their crypto needs so you know this has been in the pipeline for for quite some time uh, we've been working on this for, I guess, just over a year now, and you know, pretty extensively uh, over the last six months, particularly. And uh, it's it's been a pretty, uh, pretty, you know, pretty intense effort on our part. Um, we're you know we're, we're super happy with the initial response. Um, we've uh, we've done just over uh, 10 million in, in trading volume just uh, in the last 24 hours to kick things off, and uh, we got some pretty lofty targets uh, for the rest of the year. So uh, so things are good, uh, especially considering that uh, we're very likely about to enter into a multi-quarter bear market, and uh, I think we can all agree that <laughs> trading volumes are probably not going to be um, where they are. Uh, where they were over the last few months in the in the near future so yeah that's uh i guess that's my little intro piece yeah jenny when did you when did you join for listeners like when did you join bitmax because um I, and i really wasn't around during the kind of the glory days of uh bitmax <laughs> pvp derivatives uh but yeah, for those yeah. that aren't aware i i believe that the next was the first perpetual swap contract yes uh um and so that was you know that's obviously super dominant in Bitcoin markets, uh, crypto markets more broadly. Um, and, and, you know, that innovation is something that, you know, the world's never seen until kind of BitMEX uh, in, in all of its glory kind of dropped that. So if you want to yeah. talk maybe a little bit about history and, and what you've seen, it's kind of, you know, interesting to dig into. Yeah, sure. So yeah, this is, uh, this is always a, a, a good topic to, to riff off. So we actually launched the perp, uh, the first perp with, a, it was a ETH XBT perp. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, it was May 16th, uh, 2016 that it launched. So, you know, pretty early um, relative to where we are now. It's, you know, it's, it's insane to think we, we actually just crossed the six year anniversary, I guess, a couple of days ago. And, uh, you know, this is, it's, it's the most liquid instrument on the market right now. Um, and you know, obviously, a, a lot of our peers and competitors have uh, have definitely uh, you know copied the, the structure and uh, and and have really kind of uh, they've dived into the in the world of perps uh, a little bit deeper. So you know, it's uh, it's it's been a ride for us. You know, we we saw a lot of early success uh, in uh, you know the the 2017 to 19 20 era. Um, you know, I think Bitmex was kind of synonymous with that era. That's kind of when the the real you know. Degen, you know, trading memes started to come out was during that 2017-18 era, and uh, you know, obviously, you know, all, all the wrecked and, and liquidated memes started coming out around then. And before that, it it just didn't exist, right? Like we we essentially kind of birthed that whole um, that whole sub segment of the market, um, and you know, perps and, and just futures in general have uh, have become a important trading instrument and part of the market microstructure for uh, for everyone right um you know very very large market makers traders you know uh from you know from, from retail all the way to institutional use these use these tools and these products uh in their trading strategies it's it's a staple right and, and before we rolled it out into the market it just didn't exist there was no way to hedge out a position uh there was no way to run a basis trade right so you know from that perspective uh we, we were definitely the first and you know, we, we, we really brought this thing to life and, you know, it's, it's taken on a life of its own. And, uh, and yeah, and like, look, we're, like I said, we're, we're, we're excited to, you know, pivot into, into new, uh, into new product offerings. And, you know, spot is really just the beginning of this. Um, as far as, uh, you know, my own background, um, you know, we've, uh, I, I've been, in, I've been a bit next for about a year and a half. 
uh, originally started out uh, focusing on the kind of general business development efforts. Um, and then, you know, when we rolled out our strategy to, to go beyond derivatives uh, last year, you know, I saw this as an opportunity to, you know, parlay some of my previous experience uh, into, into making this real. So, you know, uh, fingers crossed it, uh, it worked out pretty good so far. And, you know, we're hoping the, the rest of the launch period is, uh, is going to be just as successful. I saw, and I, I don't know if this is true, I can't verify uh, some, of, some of the, like a lot of the data sets that I look at with volume and, and derivatives uh, don't go back, but I, I'm pretty sure uh, during the 2018, 2019 kind of bear market, especially around like a 3K level, BitMEX perpetual swaps were doing more volume than all of the spot exchanges, maybe combined, maybe that's completely off, but yeah. I just know that the, the volume <laughs> on those contracts was just insane uh, during a period yeah. where there was not much interest uh, in the industry. It was just kind of traders, trader PVP. Uh, yeah, you know, exactly. Those are the glory exactly. days. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, listen, bear markets uh, create weird structures for people to trade in. And, you know, the 2018 bear market was, uh, it, it was very specific. <laughs> so, you know, not, not surprised to hear that, you know, we, we had a pretty dominant, uh, let's say, control uh, as far as people just trading perps and you know, not wanting to touch spot at all. It, uh, it, that, that tracks pretty well. So here's a curveball question, and I, I'm not sure, uh, yeah. not even speaking about BitMEX itself, um, what do you think about uh, the United States and the odds of a perpetual swap contract coming to market? Obviously, our regulation is not too favorable we can't even get a spot ETF. So maybe asking for a perpetual yeah. swap contract is, you know, uh, unrealistic, but, yeah. you know, just given how much interest there is overseas, uh, really around the world uh, for these instruments, um, especially as, you know, Bitcoin gets more institutionalized. Uh, do you think we get one? Uh, and do you have any, you know, maybe info that you can, you can share? Yeah. So look, I, I, I think in general, um, the regulatory landscape is, I think we can all agree quite complicated and it's, it's a patchwork across, you know, multiple jurisdictions and it, it, it's very, uh, um, I'd say it's, it's very dicey uh, at, at the moment, uh, as far as regulators trying to, uh, trying to, you know, push these things through over to retail, you know, it, it's, it's really hard to sit here and, and have kind of a positive outlook on that. Um, especially given the events of the last week. And of course, you know, a, a lot of what happened in, in the last seven days is, you know, it, it's centered around, you know, the, the implosion of, of Terra and Luna uh, and the UST stablecoin. But, you know, these sort of things tend to have a pretty negative spillover effect uh, into the regulatory environment in general. Um, you know, I, I don't want to comment too much on, on, you know, U.S. regulations. First of all, I'm not an expert and, you know, I, 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 I'm probably not the most qualified, but just from my own personal perspective, uh, just given what, what I know and, and some of the stuff that's, uh, that's happened over the last little while, you know, we have obviously FTX U.S. is trying to push for this and, you know, they're, they're trying to get their, uh, you know, uh, their approval uh, from the regulators to, to be able to list perps uh, for retail access. Um, and, you know, just, taking a step back and looking at what they're up against or what any other company would be up against in, in trying to get this uh, pushed across the line, you know, you're really fighting legacy um, regulatory infrastructure, right? Like they're like the CFTC and all these, all these regulators, um, you know, they, they have, uh, they have certain 
structures in place to, you know, to, to help kind of promote the current version of things, right? And, and, and it's not just for, you know, for perpetual swaps and futures, it's just in general, right? Just for commodities trading and asset trading, they have, uh, they have particular structures to preserve what's there now, right? And, you know, it, it's going to take, uh, I think, probably a little bit more time uh, to, you know, to, to kind of get people on board uh, with being comfortable, especially serving these product to retail and never mind any discussions of leverage trading and, and certainly not 50x or 100x, you know, or anything that could be misconstrued as, you know, betting or, 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 or gambling. I don't want to use the G word because, you know, sometimes that, that makes people uncomfortable, but that's, you know, that, that's, the, that's the truth, right? It's, it's, going to take some time. And I, I really do think the events of the last week might have certainly set us back um, probably quite a bit. Yeah, I, I don't know if anyone on the on the team, Chris uh, or Q, have, have a direction here. But uh, Jenny, we were talking on the phone this weekend about just the, the craziness that happened uh, and some of the blowups. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you want to you want to dig into that a little bit, talk about what you're seeing <laughs> on your end, some of the second order effects, because yeah. obviously, you know, Bitcoin specifically like you know they dumped a few billion um you know luna ust luna went to zero essentially ust blew up um but i don't think people understand like bit uh what's it called uh the ponzi bitconnect is pretty infamous but you know this whole blow up was an order of magnitude larger uh you know on the scale of 50 billion or so from its peak um and so (laughs) just in terms of liquidity in in an environment where the legacy system is already like deteriorating uh, yeah. it's obviously pretty, pretty large. Uh, what are your thoughts on all of it? Yeah. I mean, listen, there's, <laughs> there is so much to unpack in this, uh, this particular topic. Um, you know, I, I mentioned to you a couple of times, I'm actually, I'm writing a piece that covers a lot of, you know, the, the, the relevant points on this, but I'll, I'll touch on the ones, you know, the, the, the relevant kind of variables here that I think are worth discussing. You know, I won't get into on-chain analytics or any of that sort of stuff. There's way more qualified people than me that have already written, you know, exhaustively on this. But I think, um, I think realistically, uh, what we have is a probably this is the most catastrophic implosion ever. Period. Like just from a numbers perspective, I think it was like 59 billion um, from uh, from from the peak uh, market cap exposure uh, on UST and Luna that just essentially evaporated, uh, not overnight, but over the course of you know, several days. And, you know, this, <laughs> like, it's not like these implosions happen in isolation. They happen in relation to everything else in the space, right? The, the amount of contagion uh, from this incident is, it's, it's actually impossible to measure right now because it's still happening, right? There's, you know, there's all sorts of, uh, all sorts of things that are playing out in real time as a result. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't think we're going to know the full extent of the repercussions until probably several months down the line. And, and, and you know, I've had this discussion with a number of people about, you know, the fact that we're going to have a lot of dead bodies washing up on shore uh, over the next little while. And, 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 you know, some people might be surprised as, you know, who, who was aggressively affected by this. You know, um, I don't have any, you know, let's say uh, definitive information or objective facts on, you know, who got impacted or who blew up. And, and even if I did, it certainly wouldn't be my place to talk about it. But as far as, you know, rumors and hearsay are concerned, you know, there, there's definitely a lot of uh, chatter about, 
you know, certain prop desks taking, you know, nine, 10 figure losses, certain market makers, you know, definitely a lot of hedge funds that were involved in this. And, you know, and, and these are just, these are just facts, right? Like Laura Shin actually had a great tweet uh, a few days ago where she, she took a screenshot of all the, uh, all the funds that were uh, invested in the, the early lunar rounds. And, you know, it's, it's a pretty exhaustive list. There's a lot of names on there, a lot of big names, a lot of, a, a lot of folks that, you know, run a lot of numbers in funds. Um, and, and so, you know, this, this is gonna have massive ripple effects. Um, you know, I, I think realistically, uh, the one thing that we should be very concerned about uh, over, uh, you know, over the next little while is really trying to understand, you know, why so many people champion this uh, and, Either you know, and this is not you know, I'm not naming and shaming. I'm not trying to throw anyone anyone under the bus, but like let's let's discuss this honestly and objectively. Why did so many people either overlook the very real existential risks with Luna, and or was there not enough due diligence done in the process of of uh, you know of deciding to invest in it and promote it and, and be a part of it? So I, I think those are kind of the big questions. Uh, I mean, like Novogratz has a Luna tattoo, you know, and not to call him out specifically, but like, you know, this is this is the type of stuff that happens in these very like euphoric mania like cycles in crypto. And, you know, we've seen diff different variations of this over the last couple of market cycles in general. But, you know, like that's <laughs> that's a pretty committed, you know, that's a pretty committed act is to, you know, to tattoo your investment on your on your arm and you know listen you know, again no no offense to Novogratz you know big fan but you know it, it's things like that and then you know that gets circulated you know retail sees this right the regular average Joe sees this and like hey whoa Novogratz is invested in this like I gotta get behind this all right and then and then you have you know a series of other people that are involved that really champion this and you know ultimately it it, it blew up in the way that it did and you know and, and the the people that I feel bad for the most are absolutely you know retail investors and and certainly the people that were building in the Luna community of which I've, I've spoken to a few and there's a lot of really great founders and really great projects in that space that you know, like they're kind of fucked now, right? They have to figure out what they're going to do next. They got to figure out which other chain they're going to go to, or you know, what next project they're going to focus on. So, yeah, the the, the repercussions of this are, are are quite bad. I think just in terms of you know, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of crypto projects, if you want to call it that, that have just you know gone to zero or gone down ninety percent, ninety five percent. You know, that's in this industry for for better or worse. Um, that's almost standard, right? We've seen it happen over and over again, cycle by cycle, just the stuff gets wiped out. The craziest part in my mind and why this was you know, potentially the most damaging was there was $18 billion of, of UST, which people thought was risk off, yeah. right? Like people, there was, you know, e-banks and, you know, that was that obfuscated, you know, that were paying, you know, 16% interest that people thought it was just, they were somehow getting, you know, dollar yield, right? There yeah. was all of these products, there was yeah. treasuries, there was funds that were, you know, looking at, the, at this crappy macro environment and thought they were risk off. And then the portfolio just got, you know, nuked. And so I thought it was pretty interesting uh, that after, after this whole event, you saw all of the, you know, all of those alts, all the layer ones yeah. that, you know, all the, the crypto investors were, were excited about in 2021, down 30, 35%, almost directly after, right? And yeah. for, to me, that was just like almost like a mass liquidation event, not from yeah. like the traditional 
uh, derivatives unwind, which we see in crypto all the time, but a liquidation event in, you know, you sell any spot bag you have because you just took a huge, you know, mark to market hit on something that you thought was, was a dollar risk off trade. Um, And so, you know, I, I think I agree with you in the sense that we haven't, you know, really got to the bottom of, of all the impairment and potential insolvencies um, you know, we saw, I, I tweeted about it. Don't want to make any accusations, but yeah. stuff like Celsius, right. Yield products Yeah. for anyone that's, you know, not aware these yield products, whether it's BlockFi, Celsius, whether it's just your traders themselves funds you had in 2021, you had this massive GBTC arbitrage where you could redeem with GBTC. You know, you get this, uh, uh trust trading way above uh, net asset value. You wait six months and you can hedge out, but you wait six months uh, and, and basically you capture this neutral yield of whether it's 10, 20, 30%. Uh, after that kind of premium closed to zero, you still had a futures market that was trading uh, on an annualized basis, 20, 30, 40% above the spot market. That's all gone. And so in crypto, in the crypto ecosystem, there was like not many things that offered you a quote unquote, you know, risk-free yield. Uh, but what did people turn to? They turned to the anchor protocol and that UST trade. And so all these yield products, like, I don't know how BlockFi or Celsius is promising the USDC yield. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but certainly, uh, and we saw this on chain and I, I, apparently they got out of a huge, uh, a huge position. They did. Uh, It was, it was, it was like, they, they, I think they, uh, they withdrew something in the order of like, uh, half a yard, 500 million. Yeah. and honestly to their credit they they did it quick enough i mean we don't know what other uh what other effects there might have been but i mean they they preserved that chunk at least yeah and so you know i certainly uh wouldn't want to have you know never mind having your coins on an exchange um but having coins in a yield yield product uh, especially you know bitcoin uh where it's 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 tough to get a native yield right um especially if it's like anything that's above one percent you know they're they're definitely hypothecating doing some shady stuff um yeah. and so yeah i think you know potentially uh we're gonna see some announcements like oh you know they yeah. took a big hit um it was it was interesting to see Novogratz's letter today uh, i i actually I, I i didn't even see it uh what uh i this is news to me what did uh what did he touch on in the letter yeah i mean he basically it was kind of kind of was like it was a little transparent somewhat cope uh, in the sense that he blamed the macro environment and the liquidity tide for the implosion, which I guess uh, affected, you know, the market yeah. in general, but, you know, I, it wasn't a sustainable <laughs> mechanism anyway. And then, yeah. you know, he said, <laughs> lesson number one, you know, take profits along the way, Galaxy Digital did. And it yeah. was like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it was just a weird, weird letter because it's like, oh, okay, you took profits, you tattooed a Ponzi on your arm and, and oh then sold God. it while retail got liquidated. It was just a bad look in general, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, what do you think about in terms of the regulation uh, from the stable coins? Do you think that's coming? Um, yeah. So, so this is, this is another one of the things uh, that's, that's, you know, one of the interesting elements out of this whole uh, debacle um, is look, the, the stable coin uh, subsegment of the space has been, you know, it's been the topic of discussion for, you know, with central banks and regulators for a long time. This didn't just start yesterday or last year or the year before that. 
Uh, this is this has been uh, it's been in the pipeline for a long time. I I actually uh, I'll give a shout out to my old team. I used to work with a company called Stable Corp. Uh, we launched the first Canadian dollar stable coin uh, in uh, in 2019, and uh, and you know even then we were we were, we were quite involved in trying to understand the regulatory landscape and you know, not just in Canada but globally. And look, the the prevailing wisdom is that uh, right now we have these private market stable coins. Um, you know, for the most part, the market cap is dominated by the fully reserved stable coins like Tether and USDC. And, and then to a, a lesser degree, there's, uh, you know, you have some of the algorithmic ones. Um, and, and so that's that's kind of the, the structure of things right now. Um, where, where the rubber meets the road for uh, for regulation specifically, and, and again, I'm not an expert. This is this is me just kind of riffing off uh, the, the base knowledge that I have. You know, uh, the reality is it's, it's going to come down to you know, are banks uh, in general going to be comfortable uh, taking in these deposits for stable coins? I've, that's 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 one of the the biggest elements. Number one, and then also, how are these you know private market stable coins going to be competing? Uh, generally speaking, when you know all of these countries that are now running pilots for CBDCs, how what like what is that relationship and what is that dynamic? Uh, going to look like in the future, and you know, I, I I think you and I can probably both agree that CBDCs are probably not a good idea, and there are like there, I mean, just again, personally speaking for myself, uh, seems like a extremely strip, slippery slope to walk down, um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of harmful potentially harmful impacts that can come out of that, uh, especially if there's no built-in privacy mechanisms uh, for these things. You know, we're, we're essentially looking at it at the worst possible level. It could be, you know, a dystopian penopticoin that tracks all of your movement and, and you know, and your transactions and can, you know, um, you know, it can have all sorts of negative second order effects. So the real challenge, uh, I, I think over the next little while, over the next several years, particularly, yeah, it's going to be to see how, you know, the massive private market stable coins that exist right now are going to uh, interact uh, with what will inevitably be a push um, on uh, on the CBD side, CBDC side. So uh, that's, I mean, that's I'm excited <laughs> to be honest with you because I think this is going to be an uh, epic battle, uh, and uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of uh, interesting things that come out of it. It'll I'll I'll be sitting with my popcorn ready to watch this thing go down, but. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's not going to be a dull moment. Let's put it that way. I'm curious for both of you, maybe to share, cause we're talking on the regulatory side of things, but there's also like a consumer sentiment where maybe people who are not as well-versed in the Bitcoin space, maybe you look at something happening like the Luna debacle, and then they're further validating their fraud or their belief that, Hey, this is too volatile or whatever. What are some of the hurdles on the more sentiment side that you're paying attention to and ways to just get it over that hump? Yeah, I mean, personally, I've, I've uh, kind of always repeated the message, you know, for better or worse to, the, to just my regular friends, uh, family, that there's Bitcoin and crypto. Uh, and, you know, you can, if you want to kind of throw some money in the, the shitcoin casino, that's fine. Um, but there's, it's just different trade-off. And I think Bitcoin is, is here to stay. And a lot of the other ones have some question marks. And so, you know, it wasn't a specifically like, should I buy Luna thing? But for instance, like my dad, I was like, yeah, like dad, when I'm telling you that there's Bitcoin and crypto, <laughs> this is kind of one of the examples. And not everything's going to go to zero in a span of 24 hours. Um, but really it's, you know, people are experimenting. Like 
for instance, you know, did we see, did everyone look at Vitalik's thread uh, two days ago, yesterday? Yeah. About like, that's, that's interesting, right? It's, and so, you know, the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin maxis have their talking points, right? And everyone just in the crypto space kind of rolls their eyes and says, you know, it's those biased maximalists. Okay, fair point, but why are they so, <laughs> why are they so toxic and why are they beating the drum on a lot of these things? Uh, and I think directionally, they're really correct. And could the messaging be better at times? For sure. Um, but when you have the founder of Ethereum saying, hey, all these things that we promised, like they come with trade-offs and we're just yeah. kind of winging it on the fly, right? Um, and so, you know, in terms of the consumer, or not the consumer, but in terms of the average retail investor, the sentiment cue, your question, kind of dancing around it a little bit. But I think what comes out of a lot of this, uh, out of a lot of this stuff, out of, you know, the depths of this bear market, how low we go, how long it takes is anyone's guess is going to be that, okay, Bitcoin's still ticking block by block. Uh, you know, legitimate energy companies are getting into the mining industry. This thing's here to stay and no one can do anything to stop it. Um, a lot of this other stuff is, you know, still up in the air, whether it's stable coins, DeFi, you know, DEXs. It's, it's interesting. And honestly, like the, the anarcho-capitalist in me is, you know, saying, go build it. I don't want Gary Gensler to come stomp on anyone's throat. Like, that's not what I'm rooting for here. Uh, but, you know, the the whole decentralization, right? Like, L Luna UST is decentralized. Is it, though? Right? Like, no. Ethereum. <laughs> is it, though? Like, decentralized, decentralization theater is one thing. Um, actual decentralization is another. Uh, I think that's, you know, going to be probably one of the bigger themes coming out of, you know, the next year, the, the past six months. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what I'll say on this point is, you know, I, I, I think just as a, as a boilerplate talking point and, and not financial advice, do your own research disclaimer. Uh, I, I think you're probably, everyone should very much start with just owning Bitcoin and understanding what it means to own Bitcoin, what it means you know, to, you know, to, to transfer assets off exchange into a wallet, to manage your wallet, to manage your seed phrases, you know, all, all the, all the basic stuff. So, you know, this is always my first piece of advice is for everyone just to just do the basics, like understand the basics, understand what you're getting into, understand how to manage it and move it around. And, you know, especially in, you know, in these like extremely uncertain and volatile times, it's, it's no, it's no time to be experimenting and, and you know, throwing your attention and money uh, into, into experimental projects. And, you know, this is, this is one of the things also just to, you know, just to bring it back to the Luna uh, debacle, which I feel like we're just going to, we're going to keep coming back to it throughout points of this conversation. But one of the things that I think is uh, interesting about the entire situation is that, you know, if you really look at how it was structured from, uh, from an architecture perspective, you know, it was an under collateralized stable coin, right? It wasn't even a hundred percent collateralized, right? It wasn't over collateral. It didn't have the full reserves. Right. And then, you know, you kind of add, add into this, you know, the fact that they started up buying AVAX and Bitcoin and, and then you introduce all these, you know, additional structural risks into the entire project where you, you have a tail risk event that happens and, you know, your, your, your reserve assets drop 20 or 30%. Like what the fuck do you think is going to happen? <laughs> you know, like it's pretty clear there's going to be an unwind, right? So, 
you know, and, and you know, just to land the plane here, what I'm trying to say is the, the thing itself was highly experimental. And listen, you got you got to give respect to, you know, the people trying new things for sure. And, you know, experimenting with complicated financial technology, you know, it does take a lot of balls, especially to do it out in the open. And, you know, you got you got to give a little credit where it's due. But, you know, it was inherently a risky thing. Right. And it was inherently risky to invest in from a VC level. Right. Never mind at the retail level where most people can't stomach those type of losses where, you know, a fund can take, you know, a nine figure hit and not be insolvent. You know, a lot of retail guys can't, you know, take the you know four or five figure hit without it impacting their lives materially. Right. So, uh, you know, just to bring it back, you know, just just buy some Bitcoin. Right. Understand it, learn it, own it, learn about it. Yeah, it was it was pretty sad seeing some of the kind of uh, like post post lunar crash. It was sad seeing some of that stuff. Um, and and to not, I mean, not going to sit here and talk like Bitcoin isn't fifty percent off the highs or whatever it is. But Bitcoin's not going to zero, right? Even if it goes down to twenty k, even if it goes to ten k, this thing's not dying. And I would I would you know with with uh, Pretty, I mean, with a, with a lot of confidence, I'd say we're going to see new highs at some point, whenever that comes, right? So, so you know, simply just being in the market, holding it. I mean, honestly, for like most people, it's best like to just buy some Bitcoin, whether it's on an automated basis, whether it's once every two months. Like, don't even look at the chart, right? <laughs> like, yeah. obviously, we are like I I am. I look at charts all day. Like, I'm looking at data, etc. But most people, like you know. Put it to your, you know, decade-long savings account. Put it away and forget about it. Um, and you, know, you can't do that with Luna, right? Like I, one of the one of the examples I saw that kind of blew my mind was, uh, and I'm not trying to take take any shots, but it was Raul uh, Real Visions, like co-founder. You know, don't even need to name his name, but Raul was was hyping him up for nailing the Luna thing, and then you know it crashes to zero, and it says I had 100% of, I had everything I had in this, and I didn't take a single single bit of profit on the way down because I didn't want to add selling pressure. And it was like, oh my God, like that is horrible. Like, never mind the fact that you didn't even recoup anything, but like you're, you're the head of investment research and you had a hundred percent of your money in a Ponzi. And then you like a Ponzi that you self-identified with on, on Twitter, which is like the worst part, right? Like you lost everything financially as well as like you lost your social identity, like oof. Right. And so you know, maybe it's just a, a warning for for future altcoiners, or maybe like NFTs, yeah. right? Like you have 100 percent of your savings in NFTs, like a liquid JPEGs. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I want to go down this path, and it's worth pointing out that like all of those NFTs, like Jack Dorsey's first tweet that was sold for an NFT, or a couple others, are literally being sold for 99 percent off on like their current auctions. So like you're already seeing the floor fall out of the NFT. Sorry, I just wanted to bring up that point and also remind everyone on Twitter spaces, you can see Dylan's beautiful face on YouTube if you just click the link, swipe all the way to the right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I not even specifically NFTs, not even specifically crypto. I think you're just seeing a lot of dead bodies float to the, you know, float to the shore everywhere. Um, you're, you're seeing it, you're seeing it in the stock market, you know, Zoom, Peloton, you know, all these tech companies that aren't actually tech companies, that, all these SPACs, all the garbage uh, from the last three, four years. I mean, really the, the everything bubble of the last decade, but specifically post-COVID, all that stimulus, funny money, you're seeing all, all that get washed out. Um, and, you know, a lesson for a lot of people is that 
because something's just because something's 80% down doesn't mean it's a good purchase. You know, 80 something, the difference between something that's 80% down and 90% down is another 50% drop. The difference between something that's 90% down and 95% down is another 50% drop. <laughs> um, and so a lot of hard lessons going to be, uh, I think are going to come out of the next couple of years. Um, and for anyone that's, you know, buying Bitcoin and, and is under, underwater, uh, you know, I like to look at the drawdown chart, uh, you know, throughout this, throughout this last 10, 10, 11 years, you know, everyone likes to think I would buy Bitcoin and be rich. The reality is that, you know, anybody that's actually materially rich and was early to Bitcoin had to sit through multiple 80, 85% drawdowns, yeah. not multiple, like three. Uh, and then, you know, after those 80%, you had to live through three or four, 50% drawdowns. So, uh, just have some patience, uh, you know, make sure that your conviction isn't just off looking at a chart and that you, you know, fundamentally understand why you own what you own. Um, and if you don't understand why you own it, then maybe reevaluate, I'm not just talking about Bitcoin, but really any asset. Yeah. I, I think one thing I'll add to that is, you know, I, I have this like funny anecdote amongst some of my extremely early adopter friends. Um, I mean, I, I've been around this stuff since 2012, 2013. So I've lived through a few market cycles and, you know, the, the funny thing is uh, some of my peers and friends that have fared the best throughout this entire time are the ones that either accidentally, you know, didn't touch their assets or purposely locked it up away so that it's not on an exchange. It's not anywhere close to an exchange. It's just in cold storage and they don't touch it. So over the long term, like realistically, the best strategy is set it and forget it. Don't be obsessively checking your portfolio. Forget about the price. Like, like you said, Dylan, like know why you're buying it, right? This isn't just like a, I'm going to invest and, in, you know, and constantly keep track of the price and, you know, what's my ROI. It's no, like this is a, there's a philosophical undertone and, you know, that, that's, that, that's something to always keep in mind, you know, particularly, uh, you know, when it comes to Bitcoin. Maybe this is just bear market cope, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I, 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 I don't think so because, you know, th this, this isn't like, we shouldn't just be saying this during bear markets. Right. And, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's a lot easier to say it during a bear market because it feels like a cope because we're trying to console ourselves. Right. And, you know, you're down from your peak net worth and all that jazz, but you know, this is a sentiment that should be, you know, reiterated during other times as well. So I stand by it. 100%. Dylan, I want to ask you, uh, I guess this is pseudo from Greg Foss's mouth, but like, how are you doing in, in this market turbulence? This is what your first real bear market, if I'm not mistaken, out of uh, your high school days. So <laughs> how, how do you feel it? Well, I mean, I was, I was uh, not, not Bitcoin, but I was uh, trading my small amount of personal capital in March, 2020. Um, and the, the bear lords and doom lords on Twitter had me YOLO my entire uh, non-Bitcoin net worth into, into, spy putts um so you know that's like <laughs> no that, it was a one-two trade it was everything into spy putts uh those forex and then i yoloed into bitcoin uh which you know went parabolic so that was you know the best two two trades of, of my career um right now i mean i i'm sitting in a bitcoin stack um might might harvest some capital losses uh soon if we get you know at the lows uh, just for tax purposes um just over the last year or so, uh, but feeling fine, have a stack of cash, um, short some garbage. Uh, like I've been short some garbage alts. I mean, I don't, I don't recommend like trading and, and all this stuff to, 
to everyone, but I look at this stuff all day. Um, also short some, some tack and long volatility, but um, I, I think that before the end of this all, I don't think we, you know, the, the pivot, this, this, the soft landing isn't going to be so soft. And I think we still got a while. Um, I guess maybe it happens, you know, faster than everyone thinks, but uh, you know, credit volatility, that's, that's the name of the game right now. And, and it looks like it's, it's all deteriorating uh, still. Right. So uh, I think they're going to have to crush demand. We're going to have to see a, a pretty large recession and a lot of, uh, a lot of blood to, to get inflation down, which is what they're saying, right. The biggest, the biggest money uh, in terms of like, in terms of markets, maybe not so much Bitcoin, but it's Bitcoin's as interrelated as ever. The biggest money is made um, from a macro level on central bank policy error. And right now the, the policy error is they inflated the bubble far too large. Uh, they, they injected way too much stimulus. And now inflation is the biggest political issue in every uh, jurisdiction on the planet. And if it continues to accelerate, there's going to be, you know, the plebs are going to revolt. So they're going to do everything they can to get it down. And so I think what that means is it means pain, uh, pain for assets. Uh, you know, the, the average American, really, never mind American, but really anywhere in the world don't own any assets. And they're wondering why bread and gas and, you know, their meals are more expensive. They don't care that the S&P is down 5%. Um, and so that's my thoughts. I mean, I could be I could be wrong, but directionally, I think that's that's what's happening. You know me; I could spend hours with you going down that rabbit hole, but I I won't do that for this week. At least we'll let you get settled back from your uh, Euro trip esque adventures, uh, Genia. I wanted to let you have the opportunity to maybe sure. touch on anything else that Bitmax is working on that we haven't yet had the chance to gloss over today. Yeah, sure. So. I think, you know, I'll, I'll take a moment just to kind of uh, just to plug spot one more time, just uh, for, for, for a few for a few seconds here. So, um, you know, I think one of the one of the most important things uh, to highlight is it's not just the launch of, of the spot exchange and, you know, and all the various assets you can buy on it. But I, I think particularly given kind of market conditions, this next piece will be interesting for, uh, you know, for, for the listeners. We are running a million dollar uh, giveaway over the next uh, 60 days uh, in order to uh, obviously to get the word out, to get people excited and hyped up. Um, and one, one lucky person is gonna win half a million dollars in Bitcoin uh, as a result. And so uh, the, the way that we're doing this is we're running a sweepstakes and the way you enter the sweepstakes is you have to trade. Uh, you get one ticket into the sweepstakes uh, for every $250 notional that you trade on the exchange. And I think there's a maximum of like 10 or 15 tickets per user. And we're running this for 60 days, and then on July 17th, uh, we're going to draw. We're going to draw 55 winners. Uh, one winner, like I said, is going to win half a million dollars in Bitcoin uh, and a custom AC Milan jersey. Uh, we have an assortment of other pretty amazing uh, prizes, uh, including uh, block clocks. Uh, we, we love Rodolfo and the Coin Kite team, so we want to support them. Uh, cold cards. Um, we're uh, we have a long-term partnership with with Safedean, uh, author of the Bitcoin Standard. So we're going to give away some signed copies uh, of the Bitcoin standard and uh, and the fiat standard and uh, and a whole number of other prizes um, that I think a lot of people are going to be uh, they're going to be into so uh, that's that's the big thing that I wanted to just to highlight uh, in our in our discussion today so you know get started um, you know uh, just you know tr trade as much as you can obviously you know, get as many tickets into the sweepstakes and uh, you know, who knows, you might be the lucky person that walks away with uh, half a million in Bitcoin. Uh, that's, that's kind of the, that's the big thing for us. 
uh, right now over the next little while. Uh, and then looking out a few months uh, into the future, our, our next big launch uh, is going to be our, uh, our fully, fully redesigned mobile app. So uh, last month, we actually released a, a light version of this. Uh, in, uh, in July, we're going to be releasing uh, the fully featured uh, mobile app that where you can do everything from you know from our yield products to uh, to spot trading to derivatives trading, uh, and, and you're going to be able to, to use our fiat on ramps uh, in the app as well. So uh, we're we're super excited about that. It looks fucking awesome, and I can't wait for you guys to check it out. It's a fully redesigned experience, and uh, and and, and it's going to be great. And you know, I think obviously looking out further into the year, uh, we're looking at a number of other things. Uh, we're going to be launching an OTC desk uh, to complement the spot offering as well. And uh, and and there's a few others that I, I can't talk about yet, but I'm sure we'll tease on on some of these future live streams. So it's uh, yeah, super exciting for us. Uh, we're we're definitely looking to uh, obviously to kind of reignite the retail interest. And and I think uh, if the last 24 hours are any indication. Uh, then you know we're 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 in a pretty good position for the next little while. So, yeah, that's uh, that, that's our uh, that's our trajectory for for the next little bit. I have to ask because probably I'm doing something wrong. But every time I try to go into Bitmex, I apparently am in a restricted jurisdiction. You are, you are. So look, I uh, I I mean, obviously, uh, have to touch on this. We 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 don't serve U.S. clients, uh, and you know, uh, it's it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty you know real restriction right now i uh, know us persons at all so you know uh i, I guess out of our listeners here uh, if, if you're trying to access bitmex from a u.s uh u.s jurisdiction it's not going to happen and uh, and unfortunately we can't uh onboard us clients uh right now um we'll we'll see how that goes in the future it might change might not change uh that's not for me to comment on right now but but right now it's uh, it's it's one of our restricted jurisdictions uh, for the time being there are too many things to unmute on this. Dylan, we are about to wrap up here. I want to give you the opportunity to touch on uh, anything uh, that we haven't had the chance to discuss this week and just know next week I'm coming at you with so many questions. You're going to hate me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think I've kind of touched on most of the things at the top of my mind. I um, guess I'll just uh, give a give a shout out to what we're doing at Bitcoin Magazine Pro. Uh, if you want to check it out, it's in my, in my bio. We put out uh, daily content uh, on everything happening in the markets and that we talked about. So yeah, check that out. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is uh, it is my number one source of analysis. I do not read anyone else's newsletters. They do not matter to me. It's Dylan's and that's it. So just uh, you know, for anyone who hasn't had a chance to read it, please do check it out. Uh, we're, we're obviously very, very happy to get to be partners and sponsors of this. So you know, there's there's a reason why we chose this over <laughs> over other options. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's definitely the best out there. Um, I, I did I did want to ask Dylan one question before we wrap up. You know, I guess given uh, given the last week and you know all, all the various drama that's played out and uh, kind of global macro environment, what's your outlook for for the rest of the year? Yeah, I think um, I mean Bitcoin's holding up pretty well uh, from a derivative standpoint. Where looks like it's been pretty risk off for a while. So. Um, that, I mean, really like the, you know, the, the volume, uh, on that kind of dropped to 25 K, uh, 25 K on Coinbase. That was the, the biggest volume that we've seen since, uh, the May liquidation, uh, um, last year, May 19th, I believe. Um, so when you want to see bottoms, when you want to see kind of turning points, inflection points in the market, that's what you want to see a ton of coins changing hands. Um, I mean, really, I think in terms of, in terms of Bitcoin trading, in terms of the price action, 
it's all about the denominator right now. Um, and and basically, the, Powell's telling you that the the USD denominator and BTC USD is going to go as high as it needs to to go uh, to get inflation down. Um, and so that's you know that's the market we're living in, uh, for better or worse. You know we're we're in the hands of some some old man in the suit. Uh, but I think eventually Bitcoin changes all of that. <laughs> But for the time being, uh, you know, that's that's the, the outlook. Um, I'm happy, happy to DCA. Also got some dry powder uh, and limit orders set. You know, for anyone that's panicking, uh, I would just say don't afford, you know, don't risk more than you can afford to lose. Uh, if you're using leverage, whether that's, you know, mark to market perps or, uh, you know, collateralized loans, anything else, uh, prepare for worst case scenarios in your head, right? Don't Don't continue to double down. Because uh, the worst thing that can happen is you become a forced seller. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, this is just nothing but a thing. Bitcoin is extremely volatile, and it's going to continue to kind of, kind of, you know, seek max pain like it always does. Uh, and so, you know, I I'm happy, honestly, as a as a 21 year old, that stocks and Bitcoin and everything else are going to hell because I, you know I want to scoop up some more assets. But uh, obviously, everyone has different time horizons, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Genia, Dylan, thank you so much for joining us today. Guys, we're going to wrap the episode here. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed and learned a ton about mortgages, about everything BitMEX has going on. We hope Dylan didn't scare you away despite having such a bearish outlook for just the world. Um, but obviously, and goes without saying, guys, go get your tickets to Bitcoin 2023. Tickets are on sale now. You can still get the lowest available tickets available through bitcoin only you can't buy with fiat anymore for those ticket prices all ticket prices will be going up on friday lock in those tickets now and use promo code fomo to get 10 percent off of everything in the bitcoin magazine store that's a wrap stay humble stack sats we'll see you tomorrow cool. thanks guys take care